Welcome back to Geeking Out Over Star Wars. My name is Zachary, and it's only been a couple weeks, but it, again, feels longer than that. But we are here to geek out over all things Star Wars, and of course, I'm joined by my ho my co-host, as always, Shamari. What's up, my dude? What is up, man? Um, yeah, I mean, not, not much. Uh, really just kind of, uh, at, when it comes to Star Wars at this point, I'm just waiting for uh, Andor anxiously waiting for Andor and uh, trying to get through some of these novels as well um, that have been coming out and uh, trying to continuously remind myself to catch up in the comics as well, which I'm very behind in just about all of them oh, so <laughs> at this point. Oh my. And I have the so, subscription uh, service too, right? Like I have the digital subscription. So I keep getting notices yeah. every other week. That's like, oh, you oh, know, 339 charged. Star Wars issue 25 just came out. And I'm like, I should probably go read that. I should right now. Yeah. And then I don't. Okay. And it piles up for months. Yeah, I had a like a, like a physical because the comic book store where I used to live had like a thing where you can subscribe to different series. And they put it in like a folder for you, basically. So oh, and man, hold it nice. for you. And they'd remind you, and it would pile up so much. They eventually were just like, "Listen, <laughs> we what's going on here? Are you gonna come get these?" And I'm just like, "Probably not. Just, <laughs> just never mind. Put it back just, on the shelf. <laughs> just take it off." And it's just, yeah, just too busy. But yeah, I do have to catch up in the comics. As well. I, I got. I uh, Charles Soule just had like his hundredth star wars issue release which was a like uh issue 25 okay. of the current star wars run and there are like multiple stories in there from different artists and writers too so oh, i want to read that that's awesome uh we're kind of in a a little bit of a a downtime for Mo star wars right like it's not yes, technically downtime. So. there's yeah. there's still star wars releasing we got the comics we got yeah. multiple books in the summer right june july and august all see book releases um it, it's just we're in between shows and this is a rare, we're coming off the Star Wars Celebration High. So after that, there hasn't been much news. SDC, you know, San Diego Comic-Con had some stuff, but it really was just a publishing panel. There wasn't a lot there dropped either. So it's a little bit of downtime. Um, you and I both haven't finished Shadow of the Sith. We are really taking our time. Like it's, uh, we're, we're, which, which we'll talk about, but, but it's a little, it's been a little bit of a slog. For for both of us, it has. So, it has, unfortunately. Um, that's but we do want to get through that. So that episode by by like hell or high water, we are getting that done. So that will drop next week, and we definitely want to talk about it because there's a lot of stuff happening in that book that I want to talk about. We also had two other. Um, a Padawan came out, I believe, this yep, week. Padawan came out. And that is the young Obi Wan novel, and then we also have, um, Princess and the Scoundrel next month. And that is the Han Solo Leia Organa marriage story um, that takes place after Return of the Jedi. So that that I'm also really really interested. So we definitely gonna get to that, but we can only get to those if we finish the one that we are currently reading now. So we will get through Shadow of the Sith. Um, today, if you if you saw the title when you clicked on this, this is a very fun episode for me. And when we were coming up with ideas and topics and and thinking about what else could we talk about, and I realized. That you and I have never really gone into the why Star Wars for us conversation. Now, we'll get there, though. Before we do that, 
a little bit of news, the only real big news, I would say, that, that really has a lot of people talking, is that the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game remake seems to be on indefinite pause. Um, so I'm going to read this straight from IGN. All right, this is, this is straight from IGN when this all broke. Development on the upcoming remake of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic has reportedly been paused indefinitely after what appears to be disappointment over the current progress of the RPG. Um, according to Bloomberg, Texas-based studio Asper's recent internal demo of the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic demo didn't land as well as it could have when it was shown to Lucasfilm and Sony. This led to Asper telling employees that the project would be put on pause and that the company would look for new contracts and development opportunities. Additionally, Asper fired the remake's art director Brad Pence and design director Jason Miner, and the latter reportedly said on social media channels that the dismissal was unexpected. Um, Asper has been working on the remakes of the 2003 Star Wars RPG for three years before announcing the game in September 21. However, after presenting a demo, it was followed by employees learning of the development pause and two firings. Uh, Bloomberg reports that Asper studio heads told staff that the vertical slice wasn't where they want it to be and that the project would be paused. Um, while Asper's future involvement in the project remains unclear, Asper's parent company, Embracer, announced in May that Saber Interactive would insist on the project and some Asper employees believe Saber may take over the project completely. How are you feeling about this? This is very unfortunate. Very, uh, very bad news, sad news. Um, you know, so I always kind of try to take a half glass full. It's hard to kind of have a half glass full. Um, Especially when you hear um, the word indefinite. You know, you know it's kind of hard in situations like this. Because it just sounds like you're never going to see it. But, you know, I... Jesus. So, so part of me wants to say I, I would rather it just be paused than to just release a terrible game or a broken game or a game that's clearly below, much below the standard of what we would expect. Um, but now it's sounding like we're just not going to we're just not going to get anything, which is probably not. This is just probably not going to happen, which is like also, which is really bad. That's just really bad. So it's like, OK, you're kind of just pulling us along and saying, oh, yeah, you're going to get this. And then we just don't get it. So it's just sad news. It's sad. And, you know, hopefully they can um, hopefully they can, I guess, you know, they can start it up again at some point. I know, I guess people had to be fired. It's. I, also, just as as a kind of a quick side thing, I don't know if I support like just outright firing people no. yeah, because no. a, a game a demo didn't meet whatever expectations. That just seems like a really like toxic and hostile work environment uh, to fire someone off of one demo, um, unless it was just it was unless you didn't you just didn't have anything. But it looks like they they worked on something. They've been working on it for years, and they showed it, and it just wasn't up to whatever standards. You know, I don't think just firing them outright that just seems really bad, and I don't support that. So I just want to say that. But, um, but yeah, hopefully they can they can start it up again at some point. I would hope that I, I again glass hat full. I would really hope that the firing wasn't as unexpected as it is as we're being led to believe because after one bad demo hopefully it shouldn't erase years that you've been working on a project 
Yeah. That would that just signals really bad working environment. That's 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 bad and bad mismanagement. That after all these years, one demo, you're like, ah, uh, right. So like you'd have to think. You would hope that there have been meetings and conversations and like constant updates about where they've been in development. That would be like, okay, listen, you have, you know, we're doing this, we're not hitting this, right. like consistently, not just all of a sudden. Wow, that was so bad. You had three years, what you brought up, and then fire them. Let's. I really hope that's not the case. Um. When you hear the word indefinitely, like I mentioned, it really doesn't give much cause for hope. It, it doesn't. Like it, and this is one of those things that we were both so excited for because we both believe that this would be the formal introduction of the older public, right? Like into mm-hmm. into the Star Wars canon, right? Like they've mentioned things, they've mentioned things that have happened, or you know, at least going farther back than the higher public. But in terms of just bringing all this, instead of trying to create new canon and content, to just take what is the most beloved piece of, one of the most beloved pieces of Star Wars media ever, and just bring it into canon, and use that as a way to springboard anything else you want to create in that era. Perfect way to do that would just be a remake of this classic game. Um, now, I also don't remember if this, now it was showcased at, the, uh, at a PS5 um, showcase, at one of the, the, the PlayStation State of Play showcases for ps5 um which i so i can't remember if it is or if it's just timed but is this a sony exclusive like a playstation uh, exclusive I, I honestly i don't recall offhand um i could probably look it up but uh, i'm not sure i think it might be and the only because again it was revealed at the playstation state of play and then yeah, i don't it remember was. it being like revealed honestly, at all I... Go ahead. I'd be shocked if it were, or if it, if, or I'd be shocked if it, if it was that it stayed that way. <laughs> yeah, um, so not. Yeah, I, I would think that at some point it would go to other consoles. I, as well. I do think that it would be, if, if anything, if it is any kind of exclusive, that it would be like a timed exclusive, something that yeah, is going to I, be on yeah. the PlayStation ecosystem first, and then and then and then be released for other okay. <clears throat> excuse yeah, me no, other seeing, systems. So I'm looking right now. Apparently, it, it was supposed to be it a really okay. PlayStation Five exclusive. It says it, it says exclusive console exclusive at launch is what it says. That so that sounds well, like yeah. okay. That sounds like a timed exclusive. That's what it is. Um, yeah, I keep yeah. seeing at launch, so that that seems that like sounds like a timed exclusive. <laughs> um, but I think what I think that means Sony's like the main partnership, right? Like that's this. This is mm-hmm. you know the two of them are boosting each other up. Sony has a. I'm not going to go into like working conditions and and all that, but I think that they're in, evidenced by any Sony first party video game that you've seen over the last all the PS4's life cycle. Right, Sony is committed to putting out triple A, huge budget, polished to a shine projects as first party exclusives. Like it's not, you know, it you don't the the bugs and glitches that you would find in in some third party games you don't find there. Like it's no PlayStation is expects polish. So I mm. I also feel like there might be in the development when they say they didn't. It wasn't just an internal demo. It was like an internal demo too. Lucasfilm and Sony, and I wouldn't be surprised if Sony was like, "This is not up to where anything it could be." If you want to like put it on the PS5 as like an exclusive, I, I as much as I I am a PlayStation guy, like that is I I have an Xbox, I have a Switch, but I play my primarily on my PlayStation. But as much as I love PlayStation, I do think that that could be the case. I don't know. It's possible. So. Um, it's definitely possible. 
um, especially with it being a PS5 exclusive. Um, I can definitely see that just putting just more pressure on just the, the company as a whole. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a possibility. I don't know. I don't know. Like I like, like but the whole indefinite thing, I, I do think there's a chance this gets shelved. I, I hope not. Or if at least at least shelved for a few more years. If it yeah, was anywhere I mean, near close to coming out in the next couple years, I can't see it happening. I can't. If they're bringing on entire an entire team that was assisting, but then maybe possibly taking over, rumor has it. Um, I it's which is okay, right? Like we have fallen right. survive. We have a survivor coming next um next year. So are we okay there? But I I really I really would have liked to see this because I think this could have been something really special. So it's a little sad, and I'm hoping that like Asper as a team is also you know. That they're being, they're given the 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 chance to be able to, and the time and the space, and not being told to work under crunch. That's what I'm also hoping, because I I don't want it to be a case right. of we're trying to slap together something. Everyone is is a, an unsafe, horrible work environment has been created. So I hope that's not the case either. Um, but we'll see, man. We will see. Ugh. Yeah. We will see. Um, all right, so I wanted to get that was the big stuff that came out. Like I know you're such an old Repu- like old Republic fan, and that's your favorite era yes. of Star Wars, like bar none. So I definitely wanted to talk about yep. that. I thought that was worth talking about. Now on to hopefully a happier subject, and that is the main topic for today's show. Um, hopefully it doesn't start with a tragic incident for either of us, because then it won't be so happy. Um, but no. as I mentioned before. You and I have never talked about our journey in Star Wars. Ever. It And it boggles yeah. my mind because we've known each other for, what, seven years? We've known each other uh, for seven yes, years? Uh, yeah, it's been a while, yeah. You, you, you went and, you know, we were, we were sitting down. We had a mutual friend in, in college. And you're like, and she's like, oh, look, he's a Star Wars fan too. And you went, no way. Really? Yeah. And you pull out the, um, the Old Republic encyclopedia. And I go, oh "Oh my god! And I went, this guy, and that was it. Like that was that was the end of the story. That was the end of the story. Like we were friends right there, and we just went all in. But we were never really talked about where it started for each of us. So you know, I I didn't have a exact method or or trajectory on how I wanted to do this. But and we can go back and forth, and and we can just talk about different memories. What is your like that you can remember, you can call, recall right now, right? Because we didn't, we didn't write this out or anything. What's the first memory you have of Star Wars, well, or the big one at least, something that really sticks out, even if it's not necessarily the first, first? Yeah. So, so the first big memory is and that's an easy one for me. It's Attack of the Clones in the movie theater. Now, now, oh my God. I know that's oh my the, same. Okay, keep going. Yeah, I know that's the kind of all you know prequel aid and whatever. But it's Attack of the Clones in the movie theater. It's that I think that is probably the first kind of big movie experience where I was like, like mouth agape, like what is I love this, you know? Because I because before then I had seen the original films and I loved the original film. Um, I did enjoy them because because of course both of my parents are are Star Wars fans as well, so. I was well. I've seen. I've already seen those movies. I think at that point, probably even several. Of course, it's strong with your family. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, force very strong with my family. Um, 
So I had already seen the original films. And I enjoyed the original films. And I believe at that point I had seen The Phantom Menace as well. But I don't I don't have the theater memory for some reason. I was really young at that point. So, I, you know, it just didn't stick. I don't know, for whatever reason, it didn't stick as much, I guess. But, but Attack of the Clones in the theater is just like, I was like, oh, man. All the performances, Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, Natalie Portman. That was like the that was that was it for me. That was it. Um, so, and then Revenge of the Sith was just from there was it was off to the races. It was no, this is my favorite. This is my favorite thing. <laughs> this is now my favorite thing. Is this thing? You know, We're Star really Wars is is. is is it? I think the build-up to Revenge of the Sith was was just so massive, and there was so much excitement around it, and it and it met and it so exceeded my expectations that it was just like, no, this is this is very special content. Um, so just, I guess just starting from the beginning, that is where it started for me. Uh, but what about you, Zach? The same. I, I'm not. I'm. I swear to God, I'm not even killing. Not even kidding. Really? Wow. Yeah, no, my first, my big, I probably saw Phantom Menace in theaters. Like, your mm. family is a big Star Wars fan. My entire family is not a huge Star Wars, aren't huge Star Wars fans. My dad, mm-hmm. my dad is, though. My dad, not as much as, you know, me, obviously. But he was watching mm-hmm. them all. He'd grown up with them. He loved them. He loves all things science fiction. This this man loves the all things science fiction. He was my gateway into sci-fi. Right. But... Attack of the Clones is the first, like, Star Wars movie, and possibly one of the first movies in general, like, big movies I remember, like, really seeing and absorbing. I remember it was, my my uncle used to live in Pennsylvania, so there was this tiny little theater called the Casino Theater, Um, and one half was, like, Mm -hmm. all ice cream and, and soups and whatnot, and then the other half was just two little theaters. It was two little theater rooms. Um, and, and of course we saw something like every time we went up there, I couldn't tell you everything we've seen up there, but I can tell you that I saw attack of the clones up there. Like that, that 1000% sticks out in my mind. This, I, not even everything about it, just the spectacle, just the being completely absorbed in everything in a whole new world that I just wasn't expecting. Um, I was, how old was I? I was seven. I was, yeah, I was 2002 is attack of the clones. I was seven. So, um, I, that was like the first big, um, that was the first big Star Wars experience. The first big movie experience for me. Like I had seen movies. I'd, it was Pokemon movies. Whenever they would come out in theaters, I would go to all the time. Like my mother would take me to those, but like Attack of the Clones was it. Mm -hmm. And then I remember that space, right? That build up to Revenge of the Sith. That was when it really boomed. We had the, the animated shorts aired during that time. I watched those every week, every week, The every week. Appointment television every single week. I those I ate those up. Right, it was the only that was really the only Star Wars. Now, besides rewatching, of course, my dad had the um the re releases, the nineteen ninety was the ninety seven re releases of the original trilogy. So in between two and three, I remember specifically going through those all the time. Right, popping in those 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 mm-hmm. fresh DVDs all the time. Um, you know, watching the the week to week small Star Clone Wars episodes, the tiny ones, which I loved to this day, still love, and so happy that some of those moments are canon now. Um, like that's mm-hmm. that's what I remember, and then it all coalesced. I was ten years old, Revenge of the Sith, and I remember going and being at you know 
me as a 10 year old didn't realize, you know, like my, my uncle, my dad knew, right? Now I'm getting right into Revenge of the Sith here. I'm 10. We go to my grandmother who lives in Long Island City. We go to the Kaufman Astoria Studios um, movie theater and we see Revenge of the Sith. And I remember going home and like pretending lightsaber battles. I'm 10 years old and like I'm walking all the way home. It's like a whole hour long walk. We decided to, I don't know why we decided to walk, walk that long and not just take a car, but whatever. We, we, we walked. Mm-hmm. It was, it was amazing. I was on this high. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite Star Wars movies to this day. But I remember, it's so funny because, you know, me at 10 didn't make the connection that, you know, the Emperor in the original trilogy is, you know, like the 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 Chancellor in the prequel trilogy. And 10-year-old me was, like, blown away. Like, oh my god, how did they do this? I don't know if I had the concept yet that, like, these were, you know, prequels, but they were made after. <laughs> right. And so my mind just couldn't reconcile that. And I was going, oh, my God. And, you know, of course, I have a I have like a, a smart aleck uncle. So he he, he he likes to kind of play things off. I'm like, yeah, you know, didn't you know? This? I was like, no, you know what? I didn't know this. I didn't know this. I thought it was the coolest thing. I What was your Revenge oh, of the man. Sith experience like? It was Revenge of the Sith was like, oh, man, it, it was it was such everything about it from beginning to end. It was just an incredible, um, it was just, it, I was so excited. The excitement level was, to this day, maybe beyond anything else, maybe uh, maybe even all the sequels. I think I was so excited for Revenge of the Sith. I was just like, this movie, and I knew it was going to lead into A New Hope. Like, I knew it was going to lead into, this is the, the, so for me, this was that was the movie that was going to connect everything. It was supposedly going to be bigger than all the other movies. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, what? So for me, that movie, just the build up, the lead up to it, was it was just I couldn't wait. It was just the wait was just like it was, it was like killing me. I'm like, I can't wait for this movie, and like, yeah, it was just it was just a really really. It was just a special experience sitting in that theater, and I remember being just, I just, just being a, just being a blubbering mess by the end of it. Just a, I was a wreck emotionally. I was like, "Oh my god!" Is it because you know, you know how? Because like, like you said, as a kid, you don't, you don't really connect all the dots with all the Vader and how does he become Vader and da 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 da. He's got the scars and everything and. You know Obi Wan, and those. but you watch it and you're like, oh my god! And and Lucas doesn't he doesn't pull any punches, he doesn't pull any punches at all in terms of the emotional weight of everything that you're seeing, and <laughs> it's just it, it is transformative. And then all the action was just so good, all the action was so good, and um, to me that was like the pinnacle of like filmmaking of what I want to see from like. Star Wars from like anything science fiction certainly, but just in terms of like, you know, just effects and drama and, and everything and action. It was just I just thought it was amazing. To this day, nothing hits as hard in Revenge of the Sith as that Anakin's betrayal theme. Oh my god! Right when when oh. that when when the track called Anakin's Betrayal by John Williams kicks in, Yoda. We're watching all the Jedi. Right, get slaughtered by the clones oh at Order sixty six. 
Yoda, you know, is sensing it. He's uh, like the pain. He's feeling. And he senses it. the pain, and you're seeing the Jedi. And I, I took that. I took that personally when they were killing the Jedi. When I was watching that in the theater, I was like, "How dare they!" <laughs> I was like, "I was like, I was like, are you crying. kidding me?" I, was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" He just says, "Go do it," and they just do it. I was like, "What is happening?" I had no. I, oh my goodness! The young to- me wasn't wasn't at the point where it was like, "I need a story explanation." <laughs> this, right? Like, no, we we were just we were just enraptured by the moment and just caught it we're like no wait how could you how like what what do you mean and i was i was in tears dude i was in tears oh my god the betrayal that that because because of course everyone wants to be like a jedi you know like everyone does it's our hero it's it's the hero and then you just they all all the all the allies that just betray them it's like oh my goodness i have never recovered from that because my entire (laughs) life even going back to before like leading into revenge of the sith my one of my biggest wishes and i think one of and this is one of your because we've had this conversation about this part specifically one of my biggest Mm -hmm. wishes to see in star wars like right now as an adult going back all the way back to when i was a child is a full jedi order a full jedi order thousands of guardians of peace and light in the galaxy right and then revenge of the sith happened and we never got to see it and i was 10 years old when that happened that was 17 years ago and I still barely get to see it. I only get to see it when we watch Clone Wars stuff. And, you know, that was short-lived. Now it's over. So I, it absolutely kills me. Absolutely kills me. So when we watch that happening, all these awesome Jedi, who are both awesome and cool and the heroes, all of them wiped out. And I'm like, what? No? No? Every hope and dream just dies? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, I was a wreck. I was a wreck. Yeah, it's got to be some of the hardest I've cried in Star Wars ever and i was 10 i that definitely should tell you something about our love for star wars if so young we were so young and hit us so hard um the next few years i kind of went into um a hole a, a lull if you would like i think i think our journey's a little diverge here a little bit um and so mm-hmm. i'm interested to see how it happened for you but after revenge of the sith we didn't have anything for 3 years Anything that wasn't publishing material, anything that wasn't expanded universe stuff, we didn't have anything. We didn't get anything until the Clone Wars movie came out in 08. Um, in those, and even after that, even with the Clone Wars movie, I wasn't, I wasn't consuming the expanded universe material. I never did. Um, I, I don't know why. It kind of makes zero sense. Maybe I wasn't. I actually was actually a pretty big reader in middle school, but I think without the without the television, without the movie aspect, I was still watching the old movies. I was still watching the prequel trilogy. We're, we're prequel babies. I was watching the prequels constantly. I was watching the originals constantly. I always had them. They were always in my life, but in terms of, you know, getting so excited again for star Wars, there was nothing big coming out and I wasn't excited for the books that were coming out and, and things like that. Um, so then the movie came out in the clone wars in a way, I, did I hate it like everyone else did at 13? No, but mm-hmm. at 13, I was also more discerning and I could tell that it just didn't have the same feel. It didn't hit the same high that Star Wars had hit for me growing right. up. So really, I, I got to say until and I even missed the first two, like I even missed the first two or three years of Clone Wars 
the show. Right? Like I didn't watch it yep. um immediately. I, I knew it was happening, but I didn't watch it week to week until probably season three. Um and so I gotta say, I, there was a lull where Star Wars will, was always part. I was always watching the the movies here and there, of course, to recite them all. But through middle school and I want to say first two years of high school, uh, I I kind of uh, I lost touch a little bit. I just wasn't as involved. What about you? So I lost touch. So I was excited for Star Wars Clone Wars. I remember Star Wars the the Clone Wars movie. I remember when that came out um i like you was underwhelmed i i saw it i was underwhelmed i didn't like ahsoka i watched the maybe like the first at least the first few episodes maybe the first season of of the of the clone wars tv show and i still didn't like ahsoka and i was and i was just wasn't it didn't click it didn't it didn't give me the feeling (laughs) that i got when i was watching any of the movies so I was I and um, so, yeah, it just it didn't hit me. So I was like, man, they're just not doing it the same. So I dropped it. I was off. So I was off. I took a, a very extended hiatus. The thing that brought me back to Star Wars and I still, of course, rewatched the movies like a billion times in between. But the thing that brought me back and got me into the the extended material was the Force Awakens teaser. I didn't jump in until then. Mm-hmm. That first Force Awakens teaser, I was like, whoa. And then I was like, okay. And then I'm seeing like, oh, there's other games. There's other books. There's comics. There's all this extended material. I'm just like, and at that point, I, I was just I was just consuming all of it. I was consuming every bit of it, even the things that, quote unquote, were not canon. All of it, all of it, all of it, all of it, because I needed to catch up or well, not all of it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I consumed all of it. It's too much for for. Oh, oh my God. I don't I don't know. We, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, a little, it's too, way too much, <laughs> way too much stuff. But I consumed a lot of it. And, um, and yeah, so that's kind of how I started getting into that. That's okay. See, what brought me back in was actually before Force Awakens. Um, I, mm-hmm. I will say I do want to, I do want to shout out cause there were a couple games that came out during that, that lull, like that five year lull yep. before I got yep, back into were. it. Force Unleashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played, I played in three different versions. I played the PSP version all the way through. I played the Nintendo DS, very scaled down version, all the way through. <laughs> I played it on my PC all the way through. Like, I played The Force Unleashed, and that came out in yeah. uh, 2008. I played The Force Unleashed all the way through. That was, I think that hit a very interesting niche as a, you know, 13-year-old me. Like, what is it like to have insane Jedi powers? Uh, that was that was that was what my that was my thinking back then. Well, how cool would it be to have all these force abilities and to be super strong? And that's what you could be with right. Star Killer. And you could fill in this gap that we never got to really see get filled in, as as you know, in between the prequels and the tre- and the sequels. That that giant gap in between, like, did Darth Vader had a had an apprentice? What? Oh my god! Mm-hmm. And then when they would do like the 
the alternate retellings of events and and of of the the pre of the sequels. I thought that was the coolest thing. So I will say, like the Force Unleashed, never enough to get me, um, you know, fully back in where I was, where I'm consuming Star Wars the way I am now. Um, but like that was a ton of fun. I also, uh, not to be, um, not to be overlooked, and I know a lot of people like to make fun of it. Um, well, actually, let me get to what what a lot of people make fun of. I'll get there. What really got me back in, I was junior year of high school. I want to mm-hmm. say. Uh, the Old Republic came out. Yes. The MMO, The Old Republic came out. Something I still dip my toes into every now and then. Um, yeah. Not as much as I did then, but every now and then I do. And that is, for anyone who doesn't know, it's kind of in the from Bioware, right? The the same, um, the same studio behind the Knights of the Old Republic games and That's Mass Effect and Dragon Age and all that. God, I love Mass Effect. Um, I could do a whole podcast on Mass Effect, by the way. I just, I just, I just want to tell you that in case like that ever crossed your mind. Um, but release the MMO, uh, RPG, the old Republic that took place during that whole era. And you had these eight different classes, each with their own storylines. And you could play as a Jedi. You could play as a Sith warrior, a Sith. Um, oh man, what I forget what Inquisitor was it? Uh, you could play yep. as a, a trooper. You could play as a smuggler. You could play as there were yep. so many different a bounty Serial hunter. Agent. Yep. I think that's what really brought me back in because that was a level of immersion that I hadn't gotten in so long. That was a wow. You know, I, I haven't consumed as much Star Wars, but this is like the ultimate way to consume Star Wars. Like I could live in this fantasy world and play this game unhealthily like sixteen hours a day if I wanted to. No, I didn't do that, obviously. But I think that was what really brought me back in. That was that first. That kicked it off for me. So I I feel similarly as well, because I jumped into the Old Republic uh, years later, still also after the the Force Awakens teaser. But I did jump into the Old Republic at that point as well. Um. And that was definitely giving me that that same kind of fix. I need out to be. I'm in Star Wars. I am in Star Wars. Me, <laughs> I am a Jedi. I am a Sith. I am a smuggler. And then you know, it goes on from there. And a well told story within the world, like those yes. stories. In the, oh, in, some of in, those in are fantastic. Really well told and very in depth. And there's double crosses and choices you make that that. You know, and it's really, it's really good. Um, you know, you could choose light side or dark side, which everyone, of course, wants to make that, wants to have to make that choice. So it's, it is just, it was, I mean, it's even, a really well made game. Even beyond um, that, right? Like the story was fantastic, and some of them yeah. were just real, actually really gripping. And that was like that, that, that high class Bioware storytelling yes. that we'd yep. gotten used to for so long. Even the more, even in the, in a more reduced form, right? Because the facial animations and the animations in general are very reduced. It's an MMO. Yep. It doesn't receive the same kind of, um, well, budget or maybe just even design that something else uh, like an other studio console release would. But then the aspect, the the amount of customization, the planets you can go to, the ships you could buy, the 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 mountain pods you could buy, that the the galactic strongholds, your houses that you could buy on different planets. And then could customize like all of that was just a level of like Star Wars dream that we just hadn't mm-hmm. gotten yet. Um, Absolutely, so that was great. 
I also no, want to shout out. Yes, go ahead. Sorry, uh, the Connect Star Wars game, <laughs> um, for Xbox 360. Uh, the wonky lightsaber controls were not my favorite, but I, I don't remember that. Okay, um, that's, that's gotta be a story. <laughs> the X. Okay, so the Xbox 360 had the whole Connect thing, right? The motion. Yes. Um, try to copy the success of the Wii, I guess. Um, it, 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 it did to varying success at, uh, or not really, nothing really touches the Wii in terms of success. Um, but it, it, some of it was actually very good. Some of the Kinect stuff was really, really good. Um, but the Kinect Star Wars was very wonky. I could never really get progressed through the story. It was just, the controls were so weird. It was hard to get used to. What I did spend an insane amount of hours in was the, uh, was the Just Dance Star Wars mode. Um, where they had remixes of popular songs, but they were Star Wars remixes. And you <laughs> okay. would dance along with them, just like you would in the Just Dance game with the motion controls and everything. Shamari, to this day, I will proudly wear my love for that aspect on my sleeve. Right? Like, this is a much maligned, critically panned game. But I very much loved how cheeky and how much I could dance to just, like, corny Star Wars remixes of, of songs. It was, it was so much fun. I just want to shout that out, because that was, that was during that whole, like, 2011, 2012, I get fully back yes. into Star Wars. That was that. That, so, oh, so, man. if you can find just, you, uh, one day, yeah, I'm not going to tell you to go to 360 and, and to play this, but <laughs> one day, um, just go on YouTube, look up Connect Star Wars Dance, and you will understand what I'm talking about. Will you love it as much as me? Probably not. Interesting. But you will understand what I'm talking about. I, I, I will definitely have to look that up. Um, now, another thing I did want to mention, and if, you already know this, but another thing that brought me back in was the audiobooks that that were already made and being released which i didn't even <laughs> even know they were already being made and released i don't know exactly how long you know um uh they they were in terms of just the, how high quality they were but the it, i mean the, the audiobooks of all these star wars and it just it just it seems like quite frankly at this point it seems almost an endless collection you could have the, several bookshelves full of nothing but star wars books oh yeah. um but these very high quality audiobooks with like all of the the score, John Williams score and the high quality narrating and voice work. It's like and in the immersion of these of that experience and of those books, it was just it was just an added thing to just like I could be doing anything, literally, and be listening to Star Wars. Like it could be like on loop, like throughout the day. Like you just have headphones on and just be listening to Star Wars while doing literally anything. At that point, I was all in. I was in can't wait. Just I just need more, more content. And it was just it's just seem a seemingly endless feed of Star Wars. Um, I also want to mention rebel force radio as well they're another um not to you know plug other shows but <laughs> but they How are another podcast. <laughs> they are another podcast that 
I did listen to as well, and I do still to this day. Um, uh, where they and they've been going on for for years and years and years. You know, apparently, I, I had no idea. I didn't know anything about them, but I just I was just looking up Star Wars shows, and, and they came up. And that was another thing I could just put on, and they'll be talking about anything on any random week. Similar to, of course, our format as well. So yeah, it's just it's just all kinds of Star Wars content that can be engaged. I I will say after the whole Old Republic got me back in, um, that it definitely also the to the point where I am now started with the 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 lead up to the Force Awakens. Yes. Um, when yep. Disney purchased Lucasfilm in mm-hmm. 2012, right? Whole bunch of stuff happened. I at that point I was I was in my junior senior of high school. I was definitely like a lot more Star Wars involved. I went to Comic Con as Pulp Fiction, um, Jango Fett and Boba Fett with my friend um, back in like 2012. Okay. That was insane. That was so much fun, dude. One of the best experiences <laughs> I've ever had anywhere. Um, the I'll I gotta show you the pictures of that one day. That was a lot of fun. Oh yes. Um, but like I was fully back in. But once once the Force Awakens hit, um, I think that was probably the second greatest Star Wars experience I've had in a movie like ever movie theater ever. Um, after Revenge of the Sith, because there was a level of anticipation and excitement that we hadn't gotten a Star Wars movie like this in ten years, right? Like this was this was our first time as 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 adults that we could yes. we could be like this is the thing that we love this is this is everything we, the, the things we at 10 we had no clue about that we couldn't put together even about just the prequels and sequels forgetting all the other expanded stuff we had no clue about that we could now that we knew about that we understood how things worked and how this could relate to that and go here and what it means for that we we were fully immersed by this point um that that it was a uh, a, a, a level unmatched, honestly. A a movie going experience unmatched, regardless of how we felt about the film. Right? It's it's not our favorites of the sequels, um, mm-hmm. and and I know that I think you liked it a little bit less. But right around that time, than I did. I mean, um, but right around right. that time, we also. Do you remember? I had that blog, and I do remember that. Yep. Yep, and I we wrote a couple Star Wars pieces. You did a couple. You did that review on Aftermath. The yep. novel that was like call that the little precursor to this podcast. Actually, apparently, I think that's where we really like also yes, connected. It's like, it's so like, uh, geeking out over Star Wars lore. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Oh my god! Like really digging in the past there. That was where we started because that was right around when we also got to know each other. Yes, right. Twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. That was right around where we got to know each other. Um, and and we kicked things off there. That was great. Um, Force Awakens came out, and. After the Force Awakens came out, which I really liked, uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. It again fully immersed me. Then, like you said, I started finding the books. I started finding the comics, right? Because Marvel went and launched up the entire Star Wars comics line again. So I was consuming all of that. I think the first Star Wars novel I consumed, and I did it by audiobook, was actually A New Dawn, and oh, wow. that was that's the Hera and Kanan one. Um, yeah. and I have mixed feelings about that, but what they do nail is the Hera and Kanan relationship and getting yeah. to yeah. see that unfold because at that same time I missed out the fir- on the first season of Rebels. I binged it right before season two started and season two started 
pretty much right when uh, when did season two start was that i think that was 2015 i think that was like right around the force awakens also and so all of that's happening and i just fully threw myself in the books the comics and that's probably where i'm at today like there's some other stuff and there's actually one more event that i want to talk about that that kind of hurts my soul a little bit um, but that's, like you said, The Force Awakens is what really kicked me off into that world of, it's not just the big video game that catches my attention. It's not just the, the big critically, you know, critically adored thing that comes out. It's not just the movie. It's, it's all this other storytelling. It's the, mm-hmm. it is Rebels, a TV show. It is these novels and these comic books and these audio books, which were phenomenal, um, I, I remember you be, re, like recommending a new dawn as an audiobook. Like you need to listen yep. to it with all of the this the yep. sound effects and the music and these wonderful um, narrators. And I was like, ah, oh, all right, I'll do it. And that's that's when I think the wider world, the wider galaxy of Star Wars opened up for me, like completely. Everything was here and there. And I always loved Star Wars, but that's when it completely opened up to where now I consume like almost everything. I consume a vast majority of what is released throughout a year. Sometimes it's a little delayed, but now I consume most of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that A New Dawn and Aftermath, like you said, were, those were, like, definitely big, like, kind of, pl- almost like platform points for, like, the new era of Star Wars, along with, of course, The Force Awakens, like you said, as well. Um but I also, like you mentioned, Rebels, I think the animation was also Disney has done and and I sometimes, you know, give Disney crap about sometimes them focusing too much on the bottom line and not on <laughs> on the story and plot and continuity. And as, you, as you should give them crap. But they have done a a great job of of continue making sure there's always content in this property they care about the property they yes. care about it they they want to con- give, they want to give fans more content to consume to enjoy and they and they and they fund it it everything that they come out with um yeah they, especially star wars in particular everything that they come out with looks amazing um and you can tell that the creators wanted to make something special and interesting for oh, every yeah. single one, every single, every single one without fail. You know, it never looks like it never looks like, oh, well, this is just they just want to make this because they have this property and they just felt like making it. You can always tell for everything, whether I love it or, or I don't love it or whatever, that it was made to be something special, to try to be something special. And they, it's been so consistent. So the consistent release of this, of this, of this content at such such a fairly consistently such a high quality, it's like, it's like there's no reason for me to stop to stop reading and watching it, etc. No, it's never really. It's never felt like a cash grab, ever. No, no. It really, it, even even with projects that we haven't loved. Yeah. Or we haven't enjoyed it. it. It never felt like it came from a place of uh, we're just going to make this and throw it out there because we know it'll make money. 
Have yep. they like some bad decisions were made sometimes or things weren't planned out right? Yes. And then sometimes we get things that aren't completely that aren't great. But it never came like from a place where oh we're just we're just gonna release it. We know it'll make money. People will flock to it. It's got the name Star Wars on it. It never felt like that. Every yep. single person that they would bring in, everyone internally at Lucasfilm at the story group, always was making something that they loved, putting their hearts and souls into whatever the project was. Um, and listen, as much as we, you know, everyone gives Kathleen Kennedy, you know, a bunch of, um, a bunch of hate for, uh, even, even with some of the decisions that we, you and I both don't agree with some of the things, the, the, you know, the disagreements she's had with directors, the problems keeping people down there. There's a reason George Lucas gave the reins to Kathleen Kennedy when he was giving it to Disney. It wasn't a Disney. It wasn't a Disney choice. That was a Kath, like that was a George Lucas choice, and you can tell that she does care about the universe. Like it, ha- when it comes to something like this, such a massive, massive community, this publishing initiatives, TV shows, movies, you have to have an entire team that cares about Star Wars. There has to be a love for all of all of it for every part. And regardless of the decisions she's made, you can tell that she cares. You can tell that she cares about Star Wars. And should some of the story decisions be left up to someone else? Yeah, maybe sometimes. But 100%, she is greenlining. She is, when people come to her ideas, she is like, all right, Dave Filoni, let's do this. Bring in Jon Favreau? Yeah, 100%. And you get something like The Mandalorian, right? Which is considered, like, just across the board, people's favorite people's favorite piece of star wars right now right so like i i think it all comes from a place of care and so even when we have projects that we don't love or things that we don't agree with can never sit back and go oh man now they're just phoning it in they're never phoning it in they're never phoning it in i think the amount that they change and they're trying to get right and even some when they make bad decisions is them actually trying to make sure it comes out good and so um i i just have to give props to star wars and there's so much you're right you're right about the consistency, too. The consistency and quality. Like, I think rarely there has been a story released in Star Wars that I've absolutely hated. Like, yeah, yeah, like rarely. I, that I go, I don't think so. Like, we both don't like Rise of Skywalker. Like, right. that's just it. And I think th- in that and maybe a couple other stories is the closest we get to, to absolutely not liking something at all. In Star Wars, there most of yeah, these stories probably. are just, <laughs> I it's it's just insane the amount of quality for for a galaxy that's so big. One of my biggest yeah. problems, I think one of my biggest problems when Disney first purchased Lucasfilm was the desire to really stay in that sequel trilogy era. I think it was like the only decision that I was like, uh, we're getting a lot of sequel trilogy stuff. The comics were all in that time period. Um, you know, <laughs> right. Rebels was in that time period. Everything was that time period, and I was like, we my, have so much. So yeah, much my problem was more. more of the lack of prequel era stuff, which they're seeing as they're starting to remedy. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Well, the sequels were the sequel. It was it very much felt like a you again, like I said, you and I are both sequel babies, right? We were sequelists completely. We always supported it. Pre, I'm sorry, prequelists. We were prequel babies. We're we're prequelists. We always supported the prequels, and 100 percent felt like they wouldn't touch the prequels with a 10-foot pole after because they it was considered much it was much maligned people hated it horrible piece of star wars things you know mm-hmm. then they released the sequels and people love the prequels now so whatever um 
I will say, and I, I think maybe we're at the end of this journey. I don't know if there's anything we want to add, but there is one thing I wanted to add that feels like a big part of my Star Wars journey. Um, well, two things. Two things. First is uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Say what you will about story. Say what you will. It was the... I'll never forget this, and I, I think I told you about this, and I might have talked about it on the show. But I, I went to see Rise of Skywalker... 2019 leading into it i was hesitant but the trailers got me really hyped i was like it's still star wars like i'm gonna whatever it is i read resistance reborn i'm gonna be excited like this is gonna be good i watched it and i went hmm and i went home and i thought about it and i thought about it and i woke up the next day and like i this might be this is really embarrassing Anyone listening to this is probably like, wow, grown man doing that. I'm like, whatever. Think what you want. That is okay. But I will admit, I went and I cried. I cried the next morning because it felt like the death of an, a certain naivete, right? I did not like Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I had left a Star Wars movie in the theater from Attack of the Clones through Revenge of the Sith through the Clone Wars movie, which I didn't love, but didn't like, not like, right? I was 13. There were still parts of it that was like, oh my God, Count Dooku. Oh my God, like lightsabers. Oh my God. All like, there were still things as a, t- as a young kid I could find to enjoy. Right. As, a, as an adult, I walked out of Rise of Skywalker, my first Star Wars movie. I loved Solo. I loved Rogue One. Loved The Last Jedi. Liked, Rise- liked Force Awakens. I did not like Rise of Skywalker. And it felt like, one, me not having a Star Wars like, not liking a Star Wars movie just felt, like, unheard of. Like, how me, the biggest Star Wars fan in the world, and I know I'm not the biggest necessarily, it's always, you know, we're all big fans and it's not a competition, but how could me, who loves this so much, not like it? And then, too, to kind of feel like a loss of innocence, like, I'm old enough now to discern, to not like things. I always felt like I was someone who was pretty easy to please. Like, growing up, Mm -hmm. you could just entertainment, the movies I was watching, I would always find something about it to enjoy. But... I had watched Rise of Skywalker and I didn't like it. And that just absolutely sent like a shock to my system. It didn't keep me from Star Wars. I know some people who hated like Endgame. So I know one person who hated Endgame so much they never watched another Marvel movie since. That wow. is, yeah, not, uh, I, I know. That's a whole other conversation you and I can have. <laughs> I was like, whoa. But that didn't happen. It didn't take me out of Star Wars. In fact, I went to see Rise of Skywalker twice more. I went down to Disney World and saw Rise of Skywalker while I was at Disney World. It it didn't take me out of Star Wars, but I will say it was like a big major thing on my journey that was like, wow, okay, this is a a piece of Star Wars history on my journey that like I'm, it's always going to kind of shape the way I I look at the whole journey. Um, But do you have any like big stuff that's happened since any concluding part of your journey that you, you feel is important to talk about besides this show, of course, which, which. You and then you have your podcast, but like this felt like the next evolution. But continue, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, we've and we've talked about the rise of Skywalker. You know, I, of course, I feel similarly in that it, it did not leave live up to my expectations. It was, in my opinion, um, a very disappointing um, film, and 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 I'm not really going to go into detail about that. We've talked about that before, and you know, of course, everyone listening that loves the movie. I'm glad you do. <laughs> There's no amount of hate or anything uh, being thrown anyone's way. 
but it just wasn't it just wasn't my cup of tea and and uh, you know so that that was a that was a that was a sad experience for me as well but um um but i mean since in terms of recently um i mean i think i mean honestly and i will i will count i will count this as one of the major kind of another major star wars event i think the high republic has been so good it's been so it's it's been good to the point where like i feel like 20 years from now I'll be like, man, remember when the High Republic was coming out? <laughs> like, it's that good. I think it's that good. I think it's I think it's that good. I think it's at that level to where it's like one of those like pinnacle Star Wars moments of like just consistently high quality Star Wars content that where that just expands your horizons and you're just like you're just like this is something this is special storytelling that's happening. Like of like this is this is this is really this is like top shelf this is top shelf star wars top top shelf star wars um so that so that's another thing that's happening right now that is a special experience that I'm that I'm very much enjoying and and that I'm you know of course trying to spread every day with uh of course this show my show my other show and then uh you know to, to telling basically everyone I can that cares about star wars <laughs> I think the High Republic, and we praise it. It's pretty much like the foundation of our show, right? We praise it all the time. Right. That's what we started with. That's what we. Sh- that's what we started geeking out over Star Wars with. Mm-hmm. It was yes. the High Republic. Um, besides being of consistently great quality and fantastic stories, literally across the board, um, the High Republic represents one of the most exciting parts of Star Wars because. It also was this entire new frontier in Star Wars storytelling that we hadn't had since The Force Awakens. It was an entirely yeah. new era, entirely, yeah. that we hadn't we haven't seen before. Right, that was The Force Awakens. Right, you know when we had there, of course, the heir to the Empire novels, and there are other stories that took place after that. But in terms of really delving into this era and giving us something on this grand scale. We hadn't had something like this since Force Awakens, and it's it's been magical. Topped off by the fact that we have top-notch creators on top-notch material and top-notch books that have absolutely just blown our minds each time. So yeah, this is one of those pivotal these pivotal moments in Star Wars, and I think it's one of those moments that also reaffirmed my love. It reaffirmed my love for Star Wars. Right, right after. Mm-hmm. Right after Rise of Skywalker, I remember them talking about like Project Luminous, and I was at Disney World like looking up. I was because I had visited Galax- Galaxy's Edge a couple min- a couple months before the pandemic hit, and I remember Project Luminous being announced, and we're like, "Oh my God, what is this? Like, it's going to be so sick. What is this?" And then, of course, things are delayed, and we didn't see anything for another year. But that level of excitement and anticipation. Just it reaffirmed my love. It reaffirmed my desire to consume all things Star Wars again, like not just High Republic, but to go to the comics, to go to all the new book releases, no matter when they take place or who they're written by. So um, I agree with you. High Republic feels like another pivotal moment in Star Wars for sure. For sure. Um, I think that wraps up our our journey, right? Yeah. Does that wrap it up? 
Yeah, yeah, I think it wraps it up pretty I, neat. That's crazy. It's cool. It's really cool that we kind of started at the same place with Attack of the Clones. I, I didn't realize that, yeah, but it, we yeah. both have that theater experience that just opened us up to the wider galaxy. Yeah, Man. yeah, and it's, and it's, it's to this day, nothing really touches, nothing really can, can really touch Star Wars. Um, no, You know, nothing. I mean, George is just, George is, <laughs> what, what he made is incredible, incredible. One of the, um, one of the things coming out soon is not coming out, just release is actually the Industrial Lights and Magic documentary series. Yes. Yeah. Which I think we should totally like in maybe a month or so after we both had a chance to watch it. We're both crazy busy. To I think we should do an episode on that. I think because uh, that's it started with Star Wars. Right. Like that yeah. started with George Lucas and that started in 76 with Star Wars. Um, like when they started working on the film. So, um, that's that's I think going to be wicked cool to see. That's going to be awesome for us to just see that entire behind the scenes aspect of this company that was born from the love of George Lucas and 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 born from Star Wars, which is is also just like you said, untouched, untouched. Star Wars is kind of untouched. There's like, oh, what's your yeah. fandom? I love Marvel. I love DC. I I read comics. I read manga. I watch I watch a bunch of TV. Love movies. Movie the movie theater is like my my religious place. But nothing touches touches Star Wars. Nothing like it's and it's crazy because there's just so much variety in all the stories being told. In some ways, in some ways, it's almost sometimes really hard for when I get the question like, "Why do you love Star Wars?" Or like, "Why do you love it so much?" And I don't know if there's a specific, like, you know, some people have that, oh, uh, you know, when I watched Luke in 77 and the things that, like, I don't have that specific moment. There are stories that, that speak to me in different ways. But I think there's just so much and so many different genres of storytelling and so many different moments. And it's so all encompassing and just, it's such a huge part of my childhood. And then there are stories that touch on different things that do affect me, right? It's not like one big thing, but it's lots of things. So, um, Star Wars is, is just my fandom love. It really is. Like, there's, there's, there's nothing else like it. Nothing else like it. Yep. Um, I totally agree. So that, that, that does it for our journey. That, for our look back or retrospective on our journeys in Star Wars that started when we were children and probably will go until the day we die. Um, I didn't. I, I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. I don't plan on slowing this podcast down anytime soon. Um, love talking Star Wars. Love watching Star Wars. Love consuming Star Wars. Love sharing Star Wars. Uh, so we have quite a few things coming up. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we have we have Shadow of the Sith that we're we're both making through, and we'll we'll have that episode next week. Um, after that, I will be gone for a couple weeks. I'll be on vacation legitimately so you know we have a couple book releases that just came out now and then august and then of course the industrial lights and magic i want to do an episode on so we definitely have a bunch of stuff coming over the next two months um it'll probably be a little sporadic just because of our schedules um but we are we're not done talking star wars and i love doing this show uh almost every week um so uh, before i you know send things off where can people find you shamari uh, you can find me on um, uh, my other podcast, uh, Star Wars podcast, though, called the Imperial Broadcast. 
uh, where me and my younger brother Kendall, who was also a big Star Wars fan, <laughs> would be this. This would actually be an interesting show for him as well. So uh, find out where exactly he jumped on the on the Star Wars train. But um, but uh, where we talk about basically all things Star Wars, a lot of news, a lot of uh, Star Wars news talk. So if you're interested in updates on what where everything is at, um, you can try to check that out. Probably going to record a quarter show uh, within the next few days. Um, uh, or, you know, within the next you know week or so, we're going to come out with, with another show. So be on the lookout for that. You can find us on basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you search the New Generation Podcast Network, that's NU Generation Podcast Network. Um, you can find us there. Uh, we have that, that show and a superhero show as well. If you're interested in superhero movies and comic, and, uh, and, uh, comic book TV shows um called the new generation hero talk podcast uh so you can feel free to check that out as well uh i 1000 percent suggest everyone check out new generation because there's just like we talk about star wars having all-encompassing right like the new generation has so many different shows right within that that umbrella um podcast network that that there's a lot of stuff and imperial broadcast is great i'm also on there like three out of the 1700 shows that have been done but if you ever want to hear my voice, you'll occasionally hear it there like once every few years. Um, that does it for this show, though. We thank you for listening. We have a bunch coming up. Uh, we will see you next time, and may the Force be with you. <laughs>